Superb weekend of racing with sunny skies, sheets of rain and Sutton taking his second British Touring Car title. Join us for the Brands Hatch Indy review. Hello and welcome back to BTCP. We are still socially distant but the action this weekend certainly wasn't. Sam, how are you? No, it certainly wasn't, was it? There was some excellent close racing this weekend, and um, it turned out to be a weekend that had pretty much everything, um, certainly weather-wise. I couldn't believe the, the, the extremes that we had between all three races. Um, it certainly... I was expecting snow at one point, to be fair. <laughs> I think we, we had heavy rain showers, we had hail, we had bright sunshine... Um, yeah, the the snow and the thunder was the only thing left to come. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, a day of variable conditions for all races on the uh, package. Uh, Brands did a fantastic job, I thought, getting all the racing completed, what with the time constraints of the uh, fact we are in November and the light fades fast. I thought they did a really good job of getting everything done. Uh, a couple of the support races felt a little bit rushed, but I mean, considering what they had to do, I think they got very well this weekend. Yeah, they did very well. Um, and even in that Janetta Junior, Gen Juniors or GT4s that got cut short and then they weren't sure who had won. Or was that oh, the, no, F the F4s? The F4s, the sorry. F4s. Yeah, the F4s yeah. of course got sh cut short and they weren't sure how many points were going to get given out. They, they, they did very well with it all. Um, but yeah, the pinnacle of the weekend, the touring cars gave us some great action. Um, and that great action actually started on the Saturday with qualifying, didn't it? Qualifying report. Well, unfortunately on the Saturday I wasn't able to watch qualifying due to work commitments. Boo. Um, but yeah, by all accounts I was on the phone to you while it was while it was going on and it was incredibly wet and there was lots of action, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean it wouldn't be a finale uh, if there wasn't any drama. Um... But you're absolutely right, the conditions were horrible and straight from the off, you know, Colin would have been absolutely tearing his hair out because it was a really, really nasty uh, track to try and qualify on. It was wet, it was slippy, it was cold and it wasn't really showing much signs of slowing. You know, the track wasn't going to dry out whilst the rain sort of ebbed and flowed a little bit. The track was certainly never, quote, drying. And I think that was showing for the fact that the um, times never really improved as the session went on. No, they didn't. Um, lot, lots of variation and some drivers that struggled to keep it on circuit as well. Yeah, so Michael Crease was an early casualty um, in trying to find out the limits of the track. Um, he went off but was able to get going again, which was obviously crucial to his hopes in the Jack Sears trophy. Yep. Um, what, what stood out to me in the opening few that was the array of lines drivers were seeking. So we're very used to seeing the traditional lines through clearways, Paddock Hill Bend and Graham Hill Bend and Druids. Um, those sort of the main corners on the track mm. um, but we were seeing a lot of interesting lines particularly through clearways where it's most obvious where they were going uh, really wide in uh, for, for trying to get the grip on the outside for the run to the line uh, normally you'd, you'd see drivers taking the middle of the road or more to the inside uh, through that corner yeah it was noticeable to see the difference between especially Sutton in a rear wheel drive car and maybe Camish and Ingram in that front wheel drive car Camish was certainly hugging the inside of clearways 
Um, unfortunately, not always the best option, though. No, I mean, you mentioned Kamish there. He was an early pace setter, as you'd expect. Um, but we had our first red flag fairly quickly into the session. Uh, Proctor locked up going into Druids, got his wheel on the grass and skidded into the Druids uh, barrier. Carl's not able to get back out, meaning he had to be rescued. Uh, red flag, session paused. Proctor lost his time. He hadn't even set one. Uh, and then obviously he has to start back to be at the back of the grid to allow back out for the session. It sounded like a really careless mistake as well. Um, we we uh, saw it in the racing on Sunday as well, where Camish was going for a move and he managed to lock up on the white line. You, you really want to stay away from the edge of the track and the white lines where you you need to know the limits of your car. Yeah, but I think if I was to give Proctor a defence, I would say you know he's not driven that car very often in the wet, um, and there was no clear um, line around the track as mentioned before. Mm-hmm. The lines people were taking, so it was an exploratory lap. It went a bit wrong cold tyres, cold brakes, cold everything, I mean it's excusable I think, even though obviously by all accounts, it, what could have been a good weekend. by all accounts it wasn't just him struggling in the Hyundai either, I think Smiley had an excursion or two as well, didn't he, into the gravel he did indeed, we'll get there we'll get there, there's Sorry. plenty more to get through first don't worry about that um, so after the uh, we were allowed to go racing again, there was no real change in track conditions, um, so it was kind of surprised me to see Oliphant shoot up to third in the light of the BMWs. Um, my old bugbear, Jackson and Osborne, were both given track limit warnings. It was driving for a river. I mean, cut the guys some slack. And actually, on the Sunday, it was interesting. Tim Harvey agreed with me by saying, there's no real advantage um, no. for track limits in this weather because you get out onto the painted area, you start sliding, you don't get the advantage, and it's wet. So, you know, anyway, I'll give my views on that before. Um, Moffat was going well um, to begin with. Um, not surprising, we know he goes fairly well in greasy conditions. Yeah, he's um, he seems to like it when it's pretty much Scottish weather, doesn't he? Like we saw at the rain last year with at Silverstone, he he went really well. He goes really well up in Knock Hill, normally where it rains. Um, yeah. He seems to be a driver to watch out for when when the track's wet or or greasy. Absolutely. Um, and then this spate of spins started uh, occurring. Gordley <laughs> went round, um, which wouldn't be the last time he went round. Uh, Neat had a very big slide into clearways, but was able to get going again, uh, thus avoiding a, another red flag. Uh, Geddy went wide at Padwood, with Ingram having also a big slide on the marble just in front of him. Uh, Ingram had round wide, coming out of Paddockville Bend, hit that sort of turquoisey marble bit, and had a little bit of an excursion. Uh, Matt Neal was the next main incident. Uh, he snapped the car around the clearways, had a slight nudge of the barrier, but was back on his way. Thanks to him, he went in backwards, kind of nudged it and got himself going again. Clearways uh, seemed to be the area that people were struggling to, to find the grip in, wasn't it? Well, you say people, the, the Honda FK8 of yeah. Camish and Neil mainly, yeah. Uh, and that was pretty much the first half of the session. Uh, Sutton at this point had sitting on pole, with Camish second, Ingram fifth, Butcher eighth and Turpin tenth. No real surprise there. Uh, and Bordley had the edge at this point on Priest and Jack Sears, so it's going to be a very pivotal second uh, period. Uh, Camish was then the next main problem. He ended up uh, effectively doing exactly the same as Neil uh, Clearways by sliding into the gravel, got going again, but he went in uh, bonnet first and was perhaps a little bit fortunate not to get dug into the barrier. Um, I certainly think if that was a dry day, he's not going out the gravel. Yeah. Yeah, some of the some of the gravel around um, 
the indie circuit at the very least is quite deep in places um, but when it gets wet you're able to skate across the top of it much more and, and get yourself out of trouble unless you get properly stuck and then you just bury yourself we're talking about uh, sort of being able to skip through it Neil had a moment at Paddock Hill when he had a high speed skirmish across the gravel but was able to get back on just before Druid to keep it out of the barrier um, did put mud on the track but I mean at this point it wasn't really a problem putting mud on it already soaking track uh, Boutel had a slight moment at Druid slipping wide but again was able to get back on track so no real problem there uh, into the last 10 minutes times were really not improving at all I know that you expect time to sort of pick up with eight minutes to go or so but just no real improvement across the board um, that said Rivette did go sick a very strong lap in the retiring Audi uh, before Butcher went wide at Paddock but again no damage caused managed to keep out the barriers however the next red flag wasn't long to follow uh, this time Jake Hill slightly surprisingly uh, his Civic nestled into the barrier at Paddock went up at speed and kind of just stuck into the barrier uh, that led us to the red flags the same session stopped uh, session was then reset to 10 minutes as we we're about 7 minutes to go at this point Sutton was still on pole with Cammy second Ingram third Butcher 10th and then Colin Turpin 12th so a 10 minute shootout we're not quite keeping the same um, rules as the and qualifying but in a sense we did with this 10 minute shootout um, this real surprise then came from uh, Butcher, who'd had a fairly middling to nothing qualifying session for most of the period, then crazily went top pretty much as soon as the session restarted. I mean, I don't know if he came out of the pits, he did a very quick flying lap, but very quickly then went on to set the fastest lap. Um, but it wasn't long before Ingram had touched, uh, topped him on that one. Six minutes ago, Ingram went fastest and went to provisional pole. Fourth, he had another spin, which was a, a theme of the weekend for him. Uh, Osborne would be a session if he hadn't gone wide, so he went wide at Graham Hill was given a track limit warning to add insult to injury <laughs> which to be fair is quite harsh uh, yeah know, it is that, that, that's dumb um, as you mentioned earlier Smiley did have a skirmish he went through uh, the gravel at Paddock but kept his foot in to get back to the track uh, Turkington then made a big gamble he made himself to eight before heading to the pit to try and do one last setup change I think they were making uh, adjustments to the axle from what I understand to try and get some form of performance out of that German machine it was a roll of the dice, and it didn't quite work because Colin would get back out with just over two minutes to go, but wouldn't get to set time because Bordley went off again. Uh, this time, the golden BMW getting stuck in the uh, in the gravel at paddock, which meant the session was closed, and uh, the clerk of the course decided that was the end of the session. There was going to be no more time added on, which meant that Ingram, who, let's be honest, needed a colossal weekend of miracle to go his way to win, had done all he could at the start and put himself on pole position. Uh, a rundown of the top 15 for you. Uh, Ingram on pole from Butcher, from Sutton, from Camish. Jackson, good qualifying by him. Hill held on to sick, quite impressive. So uh, how much pace he has got in that car. Amazing, uh, considering he didn't get the last 10 minutes of the session as well. Exactly. But also a, a, a comment on how bad the track was, because you'd expect yeah. improvement in those last 10 minutes. Uh, then it was Matt Neal from Colin Turkington, Rivette in a stunning effort in the Audi. Uh, Cook, Jelly, Oliphant, Moffat, Goff and Smiley round up your top 20. Sorry, top 15. As a bit of housekeeping, Colin won the most pointless award in motorsport with the Wingfoot Qualifying Award, uh, winning a by a single point over Dan Hamish. Can I yeah. can I just point out uh, how stupid that trophy looks? It's, it's, 
it's pointless in all regards, isn't it? I mean, if, if you said at the start of the year, oh, we're going to have a qualifying award, I'd have said, well, Karen shall climb win. I mean, it's, yeah. it's that simple, isn't it? Yeah. You know? But anyway, that rounds up an interesting qualifying session. Um, but of course, we know the championships aren't won in qualifying, they're won in the races. Should we go on to race one? Yeah, we should. Race one. So then, as we moved into Sunday, the heavens had opened even further, um, and the track was so wet when the uh, show started up, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, there was, there was genuine concerns that we wouldn't have a race weekend. Yeah. Um, it was deemed, certainly at 8 o'clock or so in the morning, it was not going to be safe to race. Um, the lorries and stuff were out trying to move the water, uh, trying to shift some standing water. Um but again, hats off to the Brands Hatch folk. Uh, they managed to get the, the track safe enough to race, which, you know, you, you don't want to get rid of the additions because they do add to the entertainment, but there is a point where it is too dangerous to race. Um, yeah, they, got they, the balance right. they certainly do add to it, although there were still uh, areas of standing water and a couple of rivers running across the track, which would make it interesting in the opening laps of the first race. All drivers um, were starting on wets, I mean, no decision really necessary for this race. Um, you say that, but I bet Tom was, I bet Tom was wanting to go on slicks. <laughs> he always wants to go on slicks. Or the opposite com- uh, compound, at least. Yeah. Um, so, as the lights went out for the first race of the weekend, Rivette, who had, had had that excellent qualifying session, had the poorest start in the top ten, and actually dropped six places off the grid on the first lap, uh, which was a shame for him. We know that that Audi seems pretty strong at Brands, but just unfortunate that he couldn't get it off the grid. Sutton managed to make a good jump ahead of Butcher, uh, and Kamish also passed Butcher on the opening lap. Um, I, I hadn't realised until I watched it back today, but Kamish had made an excellent start from uh, fourth on the grid. Yeah, he did, even. Um, meanwhile, Ingram traditionally gets off the grid well, and he did again uh, for race one, and seemed to sort of like pull a small lead on the first lap, while the three behind him in Camish, Butcher, and Sutton seemed to start battling between each other. Uh, further down the grid, Proctor and Hamilton got together at Graham Hill Bend, spinning Hamilton round, uh, and unfortunately dropping him to the back of the grid. Um, although throughout the race, he made good progress back from that point didn't he yeah it was you know uh, Hamilton did pretty well this weekend on the whole I think um, I think it's a track that suits the uh, CC and I think the rain is the level up you know uh, there yeah. is for me there are one or two good cars in the rain but most of it is down to the driver in the rain yeah um, so, but yeah a, a good weekend by him in what might be his last appearance well, as the race continued, it was noticeable how those top four drivers, who were all still in the championship hump, were managing to escape from the rest of the um, the pack, even though they were battling between each other. Uh, Kamish managed to pull an excellent manoeuvre on Sutton into Paddock Hill, uh, with a late braking manoeuvre getting down the inside, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. And then had the inside line for Druids, managed to get the move finished off. Uh, Ethan Hamilton, who was standing in for Bobby Thompson this weekend, obviously still suffering from his injuries uh, sustained at Croft, was the first driver to have an excursion, all on his own, fortunately, at Paddock Hill, although he carried on through the gravel on lap four. Uh, Lap five, Camish was starting to make his charge, wasn't he, after Ingram. He took fastest lap um, and 
the speed that he seemed to have in that car in the first race was immense, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was a fired-up camera. She was obviously going to go for everything. He knew that effectively he needs to win probably two or three races at least. Um, and he had nothing left to lose. I thought his move on Ash was good. I think Ash gave him a, a lot of racing room as well. Um, a man who, who knew that he only had to play the numbers effectively from where he was in, in the conditions as well. He knew that this was falling into his lap nicely anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sutton certainly gave him a lot more room than Ingram did when uh, Camish tried to pass him up into Druids. Uh, that was a sketchy move, wasn't it? Uh, it's half. It's you know, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. I mean, Ingram does give him room. Yeah, he, he just comes enough. Across to close the door. He comes across to close the door, which you're allowed to do. Um, Camish doesn't back out of the move. He's happy to stick a wheel on the brass. There's no reason for him to stick a wheel on the brass. And then Ingram tries to force him wide coming down uh, to Graham Hill Bend, but realises that Carriage is at more uh, doors width uh, room and then gives him plenty of room to complete the move. So I wasn't, I wasn't overly enamored by Carriage's comments afterwards about he's supposed to leave a car's width, etc. I, I, I don't think Ingram did anything wrong. I, I, think, I think it felt uh, probably a lot different in the car because he managed to lock up on the white line coming into Druids, which got the car yeah. twitchy, and I wonder if he felt that there might have been a little bit of contact between them because of that, and he may have thought that, that was Ingram's fault. Um, but Possibly, no. but if you're going to make an overtake in the wet, you know, and it's not... I mean, Sutton only overtook this weekend when a good chance arose. He didn't force the issue. If you're going to force the issue, which is fine, it's an absolutely fine way to race, but you've then got to accept that there is a risk to it. Yeah. It, it was noticeable that um, Ingram and Camish were both taking fairly similar lines as what we said in the qualifying section to to Sutton, who was going much wider in places and getting a better drive out of corners. Yes. Yeah, he was. Different line for the rear-wheel drive. Infinity. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Butcher had dropped off the back of the top three. Uh, he'd already knew, sort of like from qualifying going into the races, that his championship ta- challenge was pretty much over. He was 60, 64 points behind uh, coming into the races, and he knew that, yeah, his, his race was probably run, and he didn't get involved too much this weekend with any of the title challengers. Uh, moving on into the race a bit further now, on lap 11, Osborne and Geddy managed to cause a safety car after coming together on the way up to Druids, uh, both of them ending up in the gravel trap. Yeah, I'm not sure you've quite described that correctly, in fact that I don't think Osborne and Geddy caused a safety car, I think Osborne caused a safety car by having a, a for what looked like on the limited pictures, albeit, having a moment on his own, sliding and then tagging Geddy as part of losing control of his own car. So that's how Geddy was uh, suggesting the incident had gone down afterwards. Yeah, I saw the replay today and it looks like um, the contact between the two of them, I think it broke a rear toe link on Geddy's car as well. Right. Um, Which is why he wasn't able to get back going and needed a lift, whereas Osborne was able to get back going and creep it back to the pits uh, once he'd had some assistance from the marshals. It was also very lucky Geddy not to roll that car as well, the way it hit the yeah. gravel that, that way in. Um, but yeah, I mean, from the replays and what the little um, footage we have, like, it looks to me very much Osborne's uh, at fault. Um, certainly Geddy took that view afterwards. Yeah, there, there were some uh, pointing of fingers, shall we say, when they both got out of the car. Yeah, some remonstrations. Um, a safety car came out um, and returned to the pits with 16 laps left. So as racing resumed, um, there was noticeable 
down in the pack, sort of like the last of the point scoring positions, there are a bunch of about six drivers, including Jelly, Rivette, Moffat, Goff, who are all battling for that last final point. Um, Rivette probably shouldn't have been down there considering his qualifying. Uh, Goff had made decent progress. And Moffat, I thought, would have a little more pace in the first race. Yeah, Moffat fell away quite quickly, unfortunately, which is a bit of a, a surprise, it has to be said. Um, perhaps contact we didn't see on the screen that, that unsettled the car. I mean, there's, there's a myriad of reasons as to why that can can take place. But yeah, it was a bit disappointing not to see him further up there. I have to say, that on the whole, the teammates are pretty much useless to their title contenders this weekend, apart from race number three with um, uh, Moffat, which we'll get to. Yeah. Otherwise, I think, you know, they weren't they weren't really on the pace of their teammates, were they? And I, I wonder whether it was the conditions that played a part in that. Turkington wasn't getting too much help from Oliphant either. Um, Turkington was languishing down in ninth, not being able to make any sort of progress in race one. Um, which, I don't know, you kind of expect with him in the rain, but to know that Sutton's up there fighting at the front, you'd have, think, you'd have thought that he would have pushed on a lot more. I, I don't think he could. I mean, you saw the onboards. It looked like an absolute howl of a So twitchy. Yeah, I just don't... I honestly don't think Collins would have done anymore. I mean, if he pushed much further, he'd have ended up in the gravel at the clearways and scored no points. So, yeah. I think as soon as he saw the rain, he probably knew in the back of his head it was done, that he wasn't going to be able to compete. Back up at the front end of the pack, however, uh, the top three had fully escaped. Butcher was in no man's land with Jackson and Hill, who all had a pretty quiet race one. Um, and with seven laps left, Sutton and Ingram started to battle, um, letting Camish escape uh, at the front. Two laps later, Sutton managed to get past Ingram, coming out of Graham Hill. Can I just say, I can I just say that was a fantastic move by Sutton as well. Yeah, I, lined it up. Yeah, it was wonderful, wasn't it? Um, yeah. he, he sort of like set it up coming through paddock into druids then got on the inside going down into graham hill and managed to get a good drive out of there towards clearways where ingram had no no real choice but to yield yeah it was it was very clean very fair um by sutton which his detractors will say he doesn't do often enough but certainly that move shows you know ash Sutton the race that we know and love yeah um, and consequently, once he got past Ingram, he went on to see, set three consecutive fast laps in pursuit of Camish, and the car really looked like it was coming to him in the latter stages of that race. Uh, however, fortunately for Camish, uh, Sutton was not able to quick catch him quick enough. I think a couple more laps, possibly, he would have been right on him. Um, so the check and flag came at the right time for Camish, who would take the win from Sutton and Ingram, with Turkington all the way down in ninth. Um, just to round up the top 15, Camish from Sutton from Ingram with a podium. Butcher, Jackson and Hill stayed pretty much 4th, 5th and 6th for the whole race. Uh, Neil finished in a fairly strong 7th from Cook in 8th, Turkinson 9th. Oliphant not really helping Turkinson out, but staying behind him at least. Uh, still waiting for that favour. Uh, Morgan finished 11th from Chilton, then Smiley, and then Moffat and Paul Rivette came out on top of that little battle pack for the last point for 15th. Yep, all of this, of course, meant that Sutton took a lead at the top of the championship, but not enough to clinch it in race one. No, it wasn't. Uh, We'll get on to race two now, which had uh, significantly different weather conditions. 
race two. So as the drivers started to uh, collate on the grid, uh, there were different strategies on the tyres that they were going to the grid on. Uh, I think the vast majority of drivers went to the grid on wets, um, but certainly I think the top 10 all changed to go to slicks um, on what was a, a greasy but drying track because the sun was out, the wind was blowing and we know that brands in most places dries out fairly quickly on the indie circuit that is um, but then there were other drivers sort of like from 11th backwards that thought why not let's go on the wets yeah I mean uh, Jake Jake Hill actually started came out of the pits on slicks so he was the only front runner who came out which meant he got an extra lap of warmth in the slick tyres Yeah. Um, so he, he did go slicks early as you say, a couple of people did go for the wets. The most notable, I suppose, you'd say is Tom Chilton, um, who does like to go for some odd tyre choices at times. Um, it was a really difficult decision to make because the track was still very wet, but was still going to be drying out fairly quickly. It's a case of you gamble and hope there's more rain in a day that has been so unpredictable. Yeah. Um, certainly at this point, I think Colin has probably thought all his prayers have been answered because it's the sort of conditions that he goes well in and the car goes well in on a drying circuit um, as you say there's a flurry on the grid change from the wets to the slicks um, notably all of the title contenders were on slicks for the race um, so when the lights went out for the penultimate time uh, it was actually Ash Sutton who got the best start who blasted clear of the rest of the field uh, to go into first um, Jackson Hill and Butcher went three wide down paddock uh, squeezing each other contact was inevitable as Tim Harvey always says three into one just will not go no and it really didn't go um, I think it was Butcher that was sandwiched in between Jackson and Hill and almost like that pincer movement that we saw happen at Snetterton going into Hamilton a uh, similar sort of thing happened but at the start of the race that is incredibly dangerous because you have one car just fly off from those three there could have been a fairly serious accident, but everyone managed to get past it. Yep, yeah, uh, as you say, and none of the three cars involved really suffered. They were able to carry on their race. Um, slightly out in front of them, Ingram and Camish were doing their best impression of the Fast and Furious Brands Hatch Drift. Um, you screamed at this point. Yeah, it, I was like, no, they're not going to hold it. They're not going to hold it, and they're both going to go round. But somehow, I mean, the state of Ingram's car once he came out of that, it was just brown across the front, and I'm sure it was probably brown in the seat as well. Yeah, but I mean, Cambridge was effectively horizontal. Complete, he'd almost he got was. completely side. So how he snapped that back round, I don't know. Wasn't it... Um... Was it Plato or Muller that had done that down Paddock Hill before in the dry and just absolutely yeah. nailed the throttle, but they're like yeah. completely sideways to the track? It's a bit like that. Um, as you say, both were able to carry on, but Ingram had shuffled quite far down the order because of this, and we were thinking that was perhaps his championship done. I think he was in 12 at some point. Jake yeah. Hill had dropped the 19. Um, it's not the greatest start for them. Um, Getty and Neat were both going very strong, both on wet tyres uh, in the initial stages. Getty and Baudley would then have the bail to the pits. Neither would come back out, however, which effectively ended Baudley's hopes of the Jack Sears trophy. It certainly did. Um, Neat was getting a nosebleed, running so high, passing Camish for third. In a heart-in-your-mouth moment, if you're, a, if you're a fan of any of the title contenders, you see Andy Neat's trying to overtake you. But to be fair to him, there were good, clean overtakes and good, you know, glimpses of perhaps what he can do. I tell you what, the the driver that benefited the most from those sort of like five drivers having all the slides at 
Paddock Hill was Chilton. Um, Chilton, by by the exit of Druids, was second. Yes. And I, I don't know, obviously he had so much grip on those wet tyres running under the trees up at Druids. He just drove around the outside of everyone, uh, came out yeah. behind Sutton. Um, but they, the, the wet tyres right at the start of the race were like almost in the sweet spot. Yeah, and it won't, won't be long until he passed Ash Sutton for the lead uh, and then started to build up a gap at the front. Um, Sutton, to be fair, kept fairly good pace with Chilton, didn't mm. let the gap grow too much. I mean, Chilton did have a very nice gap, but Sutton was very comfortable in second place. He wasn't being caught particularly by knee and he wasn't no. losing too much time to Chilton. Managed that gap well. Uh, got ran wide uh, after contact with Greece. Uh, not the greatest moment for Michael Greece. Quite poor ran ran wide or tapped wide? <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah it was more of a right. tap, wasn't it? Um, it, it was uh, a clumsy move from Crease, um, one that he probably didn't need to do in the conditions at the start of a, a fairly long race. Agreed. Oliphant eventually ducked out the way to let Colin pass him on the straight. I mean, Oliphant actually kept Turkey behind for a couple of laps, which was interesting. Um, I'm not sure if that's because they're both trying to get the tyres up and it wasn't easy to let Colin through, but. Yeah, it took a while to let Colin through. Um, and that's effectively when the wets started to die. About eight laps in, Sutton was suddenly on the back of Chilton very, very quickly indeed. Um, it was noticeable, the drop-off on those, those wets. Yeah, I mean, Clearway is the only area that appeared to be remotely wet still. Yeah. Um, Ingram had done well. He charged himself back up to eighth uh, and closed in on Oliphant before getting through with absolute ease, to be honest. Uh, Oliphant completely ran wide at Clearways. Whilst, uh, to be fair, Colin and Tom both, uh, both struggled all weekend through the That seems to be the corner of the BMW 8 at the most. Um, yeah. Just couldn't get that right. At the front, Cook upset the uh, the Times contenders by getting past the carriage of a very robust move at Paddock, it has to be said, for a man that wasn't racing for a tie to it. Was there... It certainly was. It was a good move, and he's got every right to, to race for a tie oh, to yeah, contender. But, but yeah, it was, a, it was a robust move, shall we say. Um... And then Sutton was able to breeze past Chilton for the lead. Um, as you said, it was only a matter of when rather than if. Uh, and then Sutton checked out effectively just to right, see you later, I'm off to win this championship. He was gone, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely gone. The, the conditions he loves, perfect conditions, the drying track, the car underneath him, he was gone. Um, yeah. Camish, Turkerton and Ingram all started to bunch up together. Each one out there desperate to outscore the other. Ingram got through on Turkington after Turkington again made contact with Hamish. I remember him doing that a couple of times at Silverstone, not being able to get through Hamish. Uh, that slowed Colin down and gave Tom a very easy uh, a passing manoeuvre. Uh, the competition trimmer would then nip past Andy Neat, whose tyres were dead and he was you know, dropping like a stone down the order. Hamish then returned the favour on Cook with a robust move of his own uh, at Paddock. <laughs> so, certainly was robust, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was a kind of, well, I'm going to do the same to you then, mate, as he went through there. Uh, and that's when sort of the drama of this bachelor pack uh, began. Uh, Turkey was forced wide, trying to make the most of Hamish getting past Cook, trying to follow through. Cook was then spun around, I believe, by Jake Hill, uh, who was also in the battle pack. Yeah, I think so. This then put, this then put Cook into uh, Turkington, who survived, but there was a bit of a moment where we thought he had terminal damage. There was certainly substantial damage on the uh, front right hand corner um, and coming across the start finish line at the end of that lap um, there there was a, a fair amount of smoke um, which 
Tim Harvey and David Addison had worked out that was bodywork rubbing on the tyre. Um, and that was sort of like bringing into the question as to whether the tyre would last the rest of the race. Um, but it did only seem to be on the pit straight that it was rubbing. Yeah, he, he got away with it, I think it's fair to say. But yeah. um, he was able to carry on racing properly, as it were. Uh, Ingram was chipping into Sutton's lead, but honestly, it was never really in doubt. I mean, they were swapping you know, fast second times to being the pair of them. It wasn't you know, an attempt here and there. It was no real title, or, sorry, no real charge to take the lead. Uh, and then the, the big moment of the race, uh, effectively, the, the big brown trouser moment, as it were. Uh, last lap, Rivette managed to get himself all out of shape down Paddock Hill Bend, um, got himself sideways, and then didn't really know what to do. I don't know if he stalled the car, because at one point he nearly backed into Sutton, who was at this point about eight seconds ahead of everybody else. And then Camish braked very hard, uh, and Turkington just got out of the way. I mean, it was a, yeah, it was a scary moment. Yeah, so I think Rivette had possibly dropped it on the wet curbs on the outside at the bottom of Paddock. Um, and he'd gone across the track, was rolling backwards. Sutton then went past behind him. He managed to get the car stopped. But as you say, I, I think he must have stalled it or something. Um, and he's sitting there broadside on the circuit with <laughs> Ingram had already gone past on the inside. And then it was Camish and Turkington who had a lapped car in front of them as well that they were trying yeah, to navigate. Off. And Turkington's looking to get the run as Camish has probably already seen the yellow flags on the outside of Paddock. He's trying to get a good run on him. Um, and then there's just Paul Rivette sideways in front of him. And he misses him by half a metre at most. He's only misses Rivette at half a meter. He also misses Philpot about half a meter, cutting back across. He yeah. was dangerous by Colin. I don't know if he saw the double yellow flags, but he should have slowed. In my view, he should have slowed down anyway because it yes, was he should. Very dangerous. He was actually able to nip in front of Camish uh, whilst taking the evasive action. Um, Oliver managed to miss all of this because he'd actually been spun at Graham Hill by Cook while in contact with Hill earlier on than that before, which. He wasn't very happy about it. There's a bit of a skirmish on Instagram between the two. Go and check that out if you're that way. Yeah, it was. Um, but this effectively was the end of the race then. So Turkington took third on the road. But I think we all expected to go to the Marshalls to be looked at. Um, and Michael Creese became Jack Sears champion. So congratulations to him. Bordley made it, or circumstance made it fairly easily. Bordley, for many reasons, wasn't really at the races this weekend to, to no. stop him. I think it all started off in qualifying when he ended up in the uh, the gravel. It was a sign of things to come for his weekend. Um, and I think he'll be disappointed in himself. Um, obviously, we spoke to him at the start of the season. And that's that was his real aim, to go out and get that Jack Sears title. Um, to be fairly close going into the final weekend, I think he would have expected more. And certainly been expecting to be racing throughout the weekend rather than being so lacklustre and Crees only picked up I think four points this weekend or four championship points this weekend obviously for the Jacksies it scored within their own championship but he wasn't exactly pushing up into the, the higher points positions I think Bordley could have done could have done a bit more yeah obviously bad luck also plays his part as well contact yeah. I think ruined his race too um, 
put him out of that. Uh, the result meant that the championship would go to the final race, as it often does, um, but it was a step too far for Ingram. This meant he could not be crowned the championship winner this time out, even though he finished second. I mean, not much more he could have really done. Uh, so the top 15, as it finished on the road, uh, Sutton, Ingram, Turkton, Camish from Jackson, Morgan, Hill, Proctor, Cook, Butcher, Smiley, Moffat, Crease, Osborne, the result for him, Oliphant, rounded up the top 15. Uh, but after the race, Colin Turkton did have that place reversed for Camish, as we expected to happen. Uh, correct decision, in my opinion. Yes, definitely. Um, I think you, you can't... Obviously, it's all a bit hectic when you come across a yellow flag and a car stranded in, in the centre of the circuit, but I think it is the correct decision, and it would mean that going into the final race, Turkey, uh, Kamish would be 20 points behind Ash, so he would need to win and um, lead that lap to have any possibility of taking the title um, and Turkington was 11 points behind Sutton um, and would need to do everything to try and get to the front uh, however that was made a little more difficult when uh, the the exiting race steward uh, that's been in the BTC for quite a while now uh, drew ball number 12 uh, something yeah, that, that I mean, Colin must be used to by now. <laughs> yeah, it, was come out, it must be the most that's come out in a season, that uh, yeah. as well. Um, yeah, it was it was the greatest spectacle. Just on the Colin thing, I, I echo your thoughts. I mean, yes, you can say it was a good evasive action in the end, but also the facts are clear. He gained the place under double yellow. How do you do that? It doesn't no. matter what the circumstances are. And yes, if he doesn't take the avoiding action, it could have been a horrific incident. I don't deny that and fair play for all drivers involved for not making it a massive incident but the fact remains you still never took on doing it double yellow back you can't do that yeah yeah you have to be completely aware of your surroundings and that that yellow flag up at paddock hill we've seen a, a clip of it and it's fairly early on before you've even seen mm-hmm. that there's a car stranded in the middle of the circuit so yeah 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 so, now, the thoughts well, the, 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 the team must be on the radio as well surely saying double yellow is in paddock i mean You'd expect it's all so. very well to say the driver can't see, but I mean, surely they say uh, instant head slow down or, or something just to, yeah, just to give Colin that that, you know, that that Heads warning. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, shall we get into race three and the title decider? Race two. Well, as we mentioned earlier, um, the F4 race had been cut short, which was the penultimate race uh, of the weekend just coming before the final touring car race of the season and that was because of heavy rain and my god was it heavy some of the shots yeah. that we saw coming coming into the sort of like build up for the final race were monumental yeah it was absolutely torrential the the race uh Joel made the absolute correct decision in ending the F4s early whether they could have held off another 30 seconds to make it over half distance, that's up to you to decide on what camp you fall into. But, I mean, if they had gone an extra 30 seconds and there had been a horrific crash, you'd have been asked why they're not stop it sooner. So I think it's very easy to, to play that card. The fact was the F4s were out on slick tyres and yeah. they, were, they were twitching on the straight. It wasn't even just the corners. They were starting to go on the straight and that's when it's so dangerous to race. Yeah. Um, and that meant that for the start of race three, 
there was sort of like about a 20 minute interval between the end of that race and the start of the touring car race and there was a 10 minute downpour it, the track wasn't really being rained on anymore by the time the start of race 3 came about but there were still puddles and standing water rivers across the track and um, it would be interesting to see how Aidan Moffat who was on pole position would get off the line um, along with the title contenders who were down in that mid-pack area which is where we all know the incidents to happen um, and they all started this race on wet tyres uh, so of the title contenders that were left Sutton, Turkington, Camish Sutton got the best start Camish had a fairly tardy one I think didn't think he reacted too well I was specifically looking at that area of the grid when they started um, and that sort of like light test that he's got um, on the side of the truck that hasn't done him particularly well this weekend because apart from race one I don't think the other two starts have been particularly good it's been his Achilles heel all season though hasn't it yeah. uh, you know, there's been a couple of times he's sat on pole and been you know lost that position within the first corner because he's just not had the starts right this year no no uh, Butcher was the one who had a, a monumental start and managed to get to the front in no time at all and just completely checked out uh, no one I don't think was going to catch Butcher um, in race 3 once he got that sort of lead we know how much pace is in that car around Brands and um, I think we were on lap 2 or 3 and they were sort of like filming the cars coming into Druid I'm like where's Butcher gone where's Butcher gone he, he was already down at Graham Hill um, yeah he, he checked out he'd gone uh, Turkington managed to get up to 5th after the first two laps uh, as Proctor and Smiley managed to drop back through the field quite poorly along with Moffat as well although Moffat seemed to stop the rot sort of like just in the lower end of the top 10 yeah they were contact with each other um, going into I think it was Druids and they all just got a bit a bit untidy shall we say which cost all three of them in the end yeah uh, Camish and Sutton then continued to battle in the early stages at the bottom end of the top 10 uh, uh, meanwhile, Jelly and Neat had an incident at the outside of Druids, with there being some significant uh, damage <laughs> to the rear of Jelly's car. Now, I don't think we saw a proper replay of what had happened, um, but I was quite surprised to see them leave Jelly's car on the outside of Druids once that incident had happened. Um, uh, yes and no. I mean, I think part of it was due to the time. Um, part of it, I think, is that if you scramble a safety car in those conditions, you're just you're just asking for trouble. You're going to get more and more safety cars in front of build up in. I think these are the worst conditions of the day, by the way. When yeah. you add in the line of the light as well, the last thing you want to do is bunch up the field and then let them go again. You're just going to have more incidents. And as Jerry was on the outside, he wasn't in the braking line. The chances of another car hitting him were fairly slim as well. I'm not surprised they didn't, they took that decision. Well, Camish looked to take his opportunities early on uh, by taking Moffitt and Jackson in quick succession. Uh, and positions sort of like from 5th to 10th were all in that classic battle pack, including all of the title contenders at that point. Uh, meanwhile, Butcher was out front, still with fastest lap. And um, on lap 8, Camish was heading those title contenders after passing Turkington into clearways. Again, those two drivers took differing lines through that corner and Camish managed to come out on top. Uh, <laughs> leaving Turkington to fight off 
Sutton, who just really had to stay behind him. Uh, although that's not quite what happened, we'll get on to that. Uh, Cook had dropped <laughs> to sixth from second after an incident with Hill at Clearways. It seemed that like Hill had gone for an ambitious move and pushed both of them wide. Um, yeah, this was the Hill of old, unfortunately. Not, I'm not a massive fan of that. Move. Yeah, bit, bit sloppy. It was it was a clumsy move, um, and that shuffled Cook down, and Hill went down to fourth after that, allowing Ingram and Morgan through. Morgan has had a pretty quiet weekend, but again consistent. Um, yeah. Who who took over it in second place? Uh, Camish managed to get up to third after a, an optimistic move on Morgan, shall we say? Um, well, you, you say optimistic, I say poor, but it's up to you what, which way you go. Yeah, there, there was a little little tap on the uh, rear quarter going up into Druids, wasn't there, which sent Morgan into a, a half spin. But it, I don't know, he, he seemed to feel it fair enough, and obviously he was trying to get to the front as quickly as possible. Um. Sutton then managed to cement his title hopes, as I mentioned, getting past Turkington, going over the line on lap 19. Um, it, it was a lovely move. He managed to cut back pretty much coming out of clearways and got got good traction in such poor conditions, uh, which I think probably shows the difference between those two rear-wheel drive cars. Um, the, the Infinity just, I don't know, it hunkers down on track, doesn't it? It always looks so low and gets such good drive and is really softly sprung, which is is really um, advantageous in, in wet conditions. Yeah, I mean, and also this was a, a lesson in patience by Sutton, who's often branded as slightly brash and a bit too attacking and aggressive. He just sat behind Colin, knowing that Colin couldn't win the championship as it stood, knowing Hamish couldn't win the championship as it stood. Even if Hamish had got into the lead, it would have been enough to, right. to take it to ground. He just sat behind Colin, waited and waited for the mistake to come, and then Colin slid wide at clearways, and it was yeah, it was an easy move to take, which then of course put Turk into the hands of Moffat. Yeah, it certainly did. Uh, meanwhile, Camish had slipped back behind um, Hill, uh, back down to fourth, and so like I think he kind of accepted by that point that his uh, his title hopes were over. Ingram had escaped. Um, those two at that point, and Butcher was already sort of like in the bar sipping champagne for his win. Um, and as you said, Moffat was right on the on the coattails of Turkington, and actually managed to demote him down another place to ninth um, in a weekend that just I don't know. It was really quite poor from Turkington, um, not what we're used to seeing from him, and probably a weekend that he could rue if it would have been earlier in the season uh, that, all of that is absolutely correct but it would be churlish not to point out that was an excellent move by uh, by Moffat to get past certainly lined it up beautifully and just, just drove the car fantastically past him yeah he certainly did um, and that, that was pretty much all the action in the final race it, yeah. it, it was one that um the, the main title protagonists were in those battles but didn't make anywhere near the progress needed and of course Sutton did everything that he needed to in that race to, to finish and score the points that he needed to ahead of Turkington um, to take the 2020 British Touring Car title. Um, Butcher had taken the win from Ingram and then Hill and Sutton had come home sixth uh, which is all he needed to do. 
as a final yeah, I, go on I said a, a thoroughly deserved uh, championship by uh, Asa by the way there's no yeah, there most could be definitely. no uh, doubting there could be no doubting he deserved to win this there could be no one saying it was all it's all due to luck here or there Sutton has driven the wheels of that car this year been so exciting to watch you, you turn it on to watch Asa Sutton in that car yeah um, you certainly do um, so yeah, that, that and just just to round up the top fifteen from that race, uh, obviously the top three are Butcher, Ingram, Hill, Camish finished fourth, Morgan a solid fifth, Sutton managed to get past Cook quite easily late into the race, pretty much let through by Cook. Uh, Cook finished seventh, Moffat in eighth, Tuckerton ninth, Jackson in tenth, uh, Chilton your title favourite down in eleventh, Smiley finished. Hey, he did well from back of the grid. He did, he did, yeah. Uh, Smiley in 12th, Oliphant in 13th, Neil 14th, and Kreese taking the final points just to to top off his Jack Sears win. Uh, so Sutton would win the championship from Colin Turkington by 14 points in the end, um, who was only two points ahead of Camish after Camish had a, a fairly good and consistent weekend, uh, finishing all three races inside the top four and Ingram was then a further 24 points behind Sutton excellent really wasn't it yeah it was a good a very good weekend's racing um, obviously I, I think all the teams that won or all the trophy winners sorry were the deserving ones of the year yes. um, I don't think there's any injustice that's been served by any of the championship winners Um Let's say Ash is a very, very worthy winner. Reese, uh, I think that's perhaps the only yeah, maybe. I think Bobby Thompson was probably the rightful winner of the Jack Sears Trophy this year, but obviously circumstances transpired the way they did. Yep. But other than that, you know, it's been a, a thoroughly enjoyable championship. Yes, it has been. Uh, we'll we'll get on to have a look at our driver grades for this weekend and uh, those drivers that impressed and uh, failed in our expectations, shall we? So then, let's have a look at what our driver grades are for the drivers this weekend. Uh, who are we going to start with? Let's start with Colin Turkington. It's got to be a C for me. Yeah, completely agree. Um, it was a lacklustre weekend for him, um, and he just didn't do enough in conditions that he probably knew he was going to struggle in. Agreed. Uh, Oliphant, uh, D, I've gone for, um, again... Yes, there was contact. Yes, there was circumstance, but he never had the pace in that car this weekend in the wet conditions. So indeed, no, he, he was nowhere near helping Turkington out either. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, Dan Camish, I've gone for an A4. Um, did most of what he could do. A bit of bad driving by his standards. You know, yeah. a, a very Dan Camish weekend, really. He, he had to push as much as possible, um, and. I think to to come out with 50 points from the weekend mm. is uh, very good, but obviously not good enough when you're up against Ash Sutton in excellent form as well. Uh, Matt Neal gone for a D. Good race one, and then just faded into obscurity after that, didn't he? I I mean, yeah. Apart from qualifying in race one, I'm not sure he was there for the rest of the weekend. He might have gone to the bar. Yeah. Wasn't the greatest performance uh, after that. Now here comes the the main debate. I think from the from what we're going to have, Sutton. Sutton, yes. Carry on. It's an eight star. 
he did everything he had to do. No mistakes, overtook fantastically, played the numbers game, changed his driving style after the Croft problem. You know, it'd be very easy to launch himself down to into an risk, you know, a penalty or taking the both out or, you know, he drove perfectly this weekend. He drove, he qualified very strongly. Adapted to the conditions. Look how far he won race two by. He's got a PA star. Yes, he drove very well this weekend and he did everything that he needed to, but I, I, it's not a wholly impressive and domination of a weekend that we, we can come to expect of him. Uh, for, for me, it's an A because, he, yes, he's won a race, well done, won a race by country mile, okay. But he was only sixth. There are drivers across the weekend that had better combined results than him. And yeah, he he did what he needed to to win the title. And across the season, we'll get into it in the full review. But for me, yes, across the season, he's probably an A-star because he is the standout driver. But this weekend, he wasn't the standout driver. Disagree. Disagree. He wasn't the standout driver. There's only one person coming into this weekend who's going to stop Ash Sutton winning the title and it was Ash Sutton and he drove impeccably didn't put a foot wrong all weekend did everything that was needed and also won the title by a large margin in BTCC terms oh yes yeah so uh, to me it's an A star for you it's an A but I think I, we'll have to let the listeners decide on that one because I think you're being way too harsh I, I, I think the gap that he has eventually won the title by is not necessarily down to him it's down to Turkington being poor. Well, that Alice sorry, I don't see how it can't be an A star, but okay, we'll come back. We'll, we'll, we'll digress. Uh, Moffat, I've gone for a B. Steady yeah. weekend. Was the only teammate that really helped out his uh, title contender. Um, not his best, not his worst. Decent ish. Yeah, he he seems to have improved in the second half of the season. I don't know whether that's because he's got colder and wetter. Um, but he he certainly seems to like the conditions, and we thought he was going to be be well up there in qualifying um, from his early pace but yeah he he certainly aided in that final race and um, looked more on pace than we'd seen him in the earlier stages of the season Agreed uh, Butcher gone for a B um, good qualifying, good race 1 and 3 bad race 2 good weekend but not A standard No it was, it was he knew he was out of it I think if he was still in it he would have pushed much more in race 1 um, and he was fairly nondescript then, um, but yes, well done for taking the race for three win. Um, Ollie Jackson, this is a contentious one as well. I've gone for a B. You want to give him an A for some bonkers reason? Well, uh, the thing is, we saw how quick he was. <laughs> he was at Brands at the f- front end of the season, and he he's transversed that into the final race of the season, where the conditions are completely different. And you can see how he's improved as a driver across the season. And to take three top ten finishes for him is, is an excellent result. Ne- next season, if he does that sort of thing, then he probably won't get scored as highly because we've, we've seen what we expect from him now. Do not expect three top ten finishes from Jackson anyway now in a car that we know is that good? Not a necessarily in those conditions. Point. He didn't take a podium, though. I think A is blowing smoke too much. There's no podium. Yes, it's three good points scored. But it wasn't enough to win motivate the championship. They didn't win the teams, the independent teams championship. He didn't do enough on that score. No, so, no. But I think that is down to to what was happening 
sort of like the rest of the season. At Snetterton, we gave him an A as well, and he's only scored one less point this weekend. Well, again, I will open that to the jury of the fans. Not, <laughs> I think you're being kind. Uh, neat, we've gone for a C. Uh, raced well, actually. When he was able to race, he raced well. Incident with Jelly, we don't know the details of all, so we'll give no. him benefit of the doubt on that one. Uh, he did well on did well on those wet tyres early in race two. Uh, just unfortunately, yeah. it was the wrong choice. Uh, another contentious one, Chilton. I've gone for a C. You want to reward him probably with an A star. Uh, Chilton, I've given a C as well. Oh, good. We agree. I yeah. can remember we agreed on that one or not. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Good. Good. No more to say on that. Good race three. That was about it, really. Yeah. Uh, Michael Crease, C. You won the Jack Sears almost by default rather than anything else. Yeah, he did. Uh, he didn't do anything outstanding this weekend. No. Uh, Josh Cook, B. Good weekend. Good performance in the wet. Solid pair of hands. Yep. Uh, Tom Ingram, A star. On any other weekend to win a or cha- or championship deciding weekend, he'd have won the championship. I mean, three podium, three podium positions, finishes, yeah. A pole. I mean, he could do nothing else this weekend. I, I think there are only two other drivers across the season that have outscored him on a single weekend, and obviously that was Turkington last time out at Snetterton, and I think. Um, Sutton at Knock Hill, maybe. Yeah, that would make sense. But say on any other year, that would probably have been enough to win the title. Yeah. Didn't put foot wrong. Excellent. And great recovery drives as well in race two in particular. Yes. Uh, Goff, I've gone for a D. Not all problems of his own making, but again, just a, a lackluster weekend and a lackluster car. Nothing much more to say. He, he was. Did you notice on the social media on the Team Hard uh, Instagram? He was getting used to the wet track nice and early when he overflowed his bath. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the course or the wet weather. Yeah. Um, Nick Hamilton. I see. I think it's one of his better weekends. To be honest, he qualified well, had good race pace, finished fairly highly for him. Completely so, agree. Um, yeah. He he fought back in race one um, and took. Uh, consistent finishes across the weekend in difficult conditions. Agree. Uh, Broadly, unfortunately, I think it comes to an E2. Uh, as I understand, there are external factors as to why the car didn't perform very well this weekend, but the facts remain the same. He didn't really put up a fight to crease the Jacks' this weekend. No, he didn't. So um, it was a poor showing from him, unfortunately. Uh, Adam Morgan had gone for a B. Just that goes very well in that car, and we don't know why. No. Last time he will go very well in that car, though. Indeed. Uh, Jack Butel, C, good weekend. No, stayed out of trouble in difficult conditions. No problems, no, no dramas. He seems a very solid pair of hands. And even though, obviously, yes, Bobby Thompson wasn't there this weekend or the previous weekend, he managed to finish above him in Jack's ears. Mm. Yeah, well, he, wow. he's only had one non-finish this year. I know we'll come to that in the full uh, review. But, yeah, it'd be very easy to have lost it in those conditions. He didn't yep. very well. Uh, Jake here B, uh, mistaken qualifying, a few tardy driver errors. Yeah. But, you know, again, another podium. He's done so well this year to run a podium put together. He has, yeah. Uh, converse that with his teammate Osborne. He move on. Yeah, next. Yeah. Uh, Jelly D, Jelly weekend by all accounts. Not sure how he, his race three ended. We'll say it probably was due to contact, but we don't know for sure. Oh, it's just a Jelly weekend, wasn't it? Indeed. Uh, Chris Smiley had given a C2. Didn't really get a hold of the conditions, but did better than Proctor, which is, could be the only yardstick when you're in a team. Yeah. 
Very much so. Uh, on that basis, Proctor gets a D. Uh, Gling, oh, sorry, Ethan Hamilton have gone for a D4. Didn't cope to the the conditions. Didn't have much pace. Rivet obviously had more pace in the car, so yeah, D. certainly did. Uh, Gling Geddy, I've gone for a D. Perhaps could have had a really good weekend. It had things not gone against him, but you know, a problem race one, problem Couple race of incidents. two. Yeah, yeah, not not particularly fantastic. Uh, Rivet, I've gone for a C4. Um, good pace, silly errors, but that's expected you've got uh, your second um, in, in I mean if he'd have kept up that pace from qualifying he could have had an excellent weekend but he, he still managed to score points this weekend yep uh, and finally Brad Phil Bartlett a baptism of fire albeit going to see these conditions mm. but I expected more I mean I don't know if he raced in the uh, north I, slide in the wet but I'm not sure he had any coverage this weekend because of the title fight which I, I, I think is a downside to coming in on the final weekend, um, but he certainly didn't give us much to talk about outside that, did he? No, I'd agree. Uh, so we looked to our drivers of the day then. Who was your driver of the day? I uh, think I've actually agreed across the board on these. Uh, yeah, so do I. Um, we've gone for Ingram for driver of the day, haven't we? Um, superb yep. to get three podium positions and do as as much as he possibly could, pretty much, to um, get towards the title, albeit not not getting there. Agreed, Philip. We agreed on this one as well. <laughs> Turkington. Yeah. Just doesn't like those sort of conditions and didn't have any pace in the car. No, it was a limp defence in the end, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, this is where we did vary. Your good surprise of the day. Uh, my good surprise was Ollie Jackson. Um, oh yes, your A A plus plus student. <laughs> Uh, to have two fifth place finishes in such conditions, qualified well as well, and stayed inside the top ten for that final race, um, when there were a few things going off, um, especially when you had contact at the first corner. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ash Sutton is mine, um, just because I was worried what Ash Sutton was going to turn up. But I was worried what Carl was going to turn up, um, but it was a pleasant surprise. He drove superbly drove sensibly, no problems at any point, didn't mess up his qualifying. We know so much they could have gone wrong for the way Ash drives the car and has gone wrong over the season. Yeah. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised to see a, a change of approach that won in the title. Yeah, yeah. And your bad surprise to the day? My bad surprise was Proctor. Um, obviously yeah. he had the incident early in qualifying, started at the back of the grid, uh, made a decent bit of progress in race one. But then again, in race three, he fell back through the pack, um, just like Smiley did, and just surprisingly slower than Smiley this weekend. Agreed. Mine is nil. Um, you know, good qualifying, didn't capitalise it. Yes, okay, race one scored good points, but in the end, BMW won the manufacturers and the teams relatively easy, to be honest, yep. to be fair. Um, and Neil just was nowhere, didn't, wasn't able to help Cambridge in any way, shape, or form. I don't think he could really have helped Carriage much more. Carriage did most of the work himself, but I mean, you know, wasn't to, to assist in any way. Not, not like he did last year. No, no, no. No. Uh, well, we must extend our congratulations to Ash Sutton, if by any miracle he listens to this, uh, on winning his second touring car title. Uh, completely deserved. He has been fantastic all season, pretty much. Um, a few incidents that he's been caught up in, yes, but you, you're going to have to ride your luck in those sometimes. And I think I'm right in saying he's taken the most wins across the season. And 
he's just come in and taken the the championship by the scruff of the neck really this year in a car that we thought we questioned at the start of the season but he he's really pulled through the best touring car he's ever had so he says yeah um, and at, at points it's there. at points it's been on rails yeah oh it was this weekend it was the most settled of, of the of most of the cars running at the front yeah um so yeah we'll we'll catch you up uh next week maybe the week after with a full review hopefully once we're back out of lockdown we can do it together um (laughs) and we'll have a look across the whole season um take you through each driver's report card um maybe a little bit of speculation as to who will be back um and whether we'll have any new teams what the new cars might be as we've seen the mercedes the audi and the volkswagen cc this weekend bow out of the British touring cars um, so it will be interesting to see what the closed season brings and I'm sure we'll give you some updates throughout obviously following our season review of any driver rumours but we hope that you stay safe and well um, and we'll, we'll more than likely talk to you before Christmas um, so we'll, we'll speak to you next time bye for now Remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 